Welcome to our YouTube channel. As you take your time to listen to God's word with us, we hope and pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. We are continuing the series Anchored. And today is going to be the last sermon in this series. And uh, I believe that this is going to be one of the sermons that um, you might not like. But I'm going to preach it anyway. Turn to the person who's sitting next to you. Look at them and tell them, get ready. <laughs> I can only hear the part. This was not a common sermon. Might not be an easy meat to digest. It is not one of those feel-good sermons. It's not a very safe sermon. But I'm going to preach it anyway because it's God's word. A lot of times we as Christians, we have this sense of entitlement. I'm speaking to the Christians, Christ followers. We have the sense of entitlement. And the sense of entitlement is God should make my life easy. Can you connect with this? We all do, don't we? God should make my life easy because, because I follow Him. Because I follow Him, He should make my life easy. And we have this perspective of, of entitlement towards this. And we express this entitlement, but we never say this loud like this. God should make my life easy. I'm entitled. We don't, we don't put it out. But we say it through different expressions. I claim. I claim this. I claim that. Sometimes, you know, bless me, Lord, has a lot of connotations to it. It depends on what tone you use in. Bless me, Lord. Lord. Sometimes, bless me, Lord. I am frustrated, Lord. My, where is my promise, Lord? So there's different ways we express this. Bless me, Lord. Keep me safe, Lord. Help me have a good day, Lord. Help me to get a car parking, Lord. In promenade road, Lord. Nobody prays, Lord. Help me to have an inconvenient day. Has anybody prayed that? Lord, I want a challenging day. Nope. Lord, interrupt my daily life. Anyone? I told you, you won't like this sermon. <laughs> I know. Lord, bring on the trouble. Anyone prayed that? No? Okay. But it's so... Easy to pray. Give me a hassle-free day. Good food. When I drive, it should all be green lights. I should not stop in any signal, Lord. I didn't carry my helmet, Lord. I, I pray that you fire all the police in, in the city of Trichy today. Lord, may the license just appear in my wallet right now. Print it into my wallet, Lord. Lord, may my 
children be angels that will be floating around from heaven they will be i want to love them today lord may them be angels these are kind of the prayers that we connect with help my husband to come home early lord help my husband not to leave lord help my wife to cook lord <laughs> prophet jeremiah in the bible he was known as the weeping prophet what a name to have he was known as what uh, nobody has got that title he's is the weeping prophet the reason is called the weeping prophet because he is one of the prophets who spend more time crying crying and crying and he was called the weeping prophet jeremiah was the prophet who um god used in order to talk to the people of judah who was rebelling against god there was a lot of injustice and the injustice was rampant there a lot of injustice happening the leaders in the country were abusing women especially abusing widows and jeremiah had to prophesy into their life and i don't know how he was prophesying by crying situation is terrible poor people were taken advantage children were sacrificed for false gods and jeremiah kept prophesying and prophesying and prophesying it came to a point that his heart was so broken that he couldn't do it anymore all he did was cry all he did was cry some of you here are in the same situation that you have said i prayed and i prayed and i prayed and i begged and i begged and i begged i spoke and i spoke and i spoke i attended interviews 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 i asked god where are you where are you where are you and i've come to a point where all i can do is cry 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 jeremiah chapter 8 verse 18 you see this as an evidence Jeremiah says my grief is beyond healing my grief is beyond healing this is a prophet of god this is the man Jeremiah 15 where it says for you know even before you were formed in your mother's womb Jeremiah i know you that's what god spoke over jeremiah's life but just seven chapters later in verse chapter 8 verse 18 the same prophet of god is saying my grief is beyond healing has anyone been there in life where you have gone through situations and you started believing that this situation is beyond breakthrough you have gone through situations 
you're facing situations that you think it's beyond healing, beyond the touch of God, beyond the hand of God. And Jeremiah says the same thing. My grave is beyond healing and my heart is broken. He is just being honest here. I am a prophet of God. I am supposed to speak life into people. But people are not turning their heart towards God. Leaders are abusing women. Children are being sacrificed to false gods. No matter how much I stand and I intercede, I am not seeing any changes. My heart is broken. My heart is broken. My grief is beyond healing. Beyond healing. I want to speak to you this morning on this title, Anchored Heart. Anchored Heart. Pastor, I would love to have a heart that is anchored, but my heart is beyond healing. You're believing that. You're believing that your heart is so broken that certain things, when you look at the past, you just know it's still broken, that you can't even talk about it but that is not the promise of the lord the promise of the lord is healing he's the only person who can still go back into your past while you're living in the present and heal you and set you free and revisit you in such a way that you will be empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit and your heart will be transformed in such a way that when you look into your past, it was like as if it has not even happened. It is like somebody plucked out that ram, that memory, and wiped that story of your life. It can happen. But you need to stop believing that things are beyond turn around. You might be thinking, ah, they gave the ultimatum. I got letter from the officials. I don't think there is any hope. Oh, that's the lie of the devil. There is hope. There is always hope. And that hope is in Christ Jesus. Nothing is beyond God. Turn to the person sitting next to you. Look at them and tell them, nothing is beyond God. Nothing is beyond God. Hallelujah. That's the truth. That's the truth. But then, there is a slight difference in Jeremiah's broken heart. This is why I slightly said, you might not like this sermon because, because his grief is beyond healing. His heart is broken. But then the state of his brokenness is different from our state of brokenness. Because in verse 21 he says, I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and I overcome with grief. In other words, Jeremiah's heart is not broken because people are not listening to him as a prophet. His heart is broken because people are still blinded. 
and he's breaking his heart over the fact that the gospel of God, of our Lord Jesus Christ, is still not empowering or opening their eyes to the truth. So this broken heart is not a broken heart over his own problems. This broken heart is a missional broken heart. Okay, let me explain this a little bit more. Because Jeremiah has preached fiery sermons. He has prayed, he has fasted, he has been threatened. But he has come to a point where he is approaching God saying that my grief is unbearable God because I know that your heart is also broken over this people and my heart is also broken over this people. Lord, I want to feel your pain as how you are feeling it. So God, break my heart as it breaks your heart. That's his prayer. It's not a prayer where he's asking God to give him a new spiritual interest. It is not a simple, uh, you know, um, 10 minutes intercession prayer. It is not a new hobby that he is developing. This is a gut-wrenching burden that Jeremiah is carrying. This is a burden that, that is not letting Jeremiah sleep. This is a burden because it is in the heart of God and it's consuming the heart of the man of God and he is not eating, he is not sleeping and he is choosing to go to the presence of God asking God, do something Lord for my people. He is doing everything the opposite uh, of everything that the culture has programmed us to do. Because the culture has programmed us to actually, you know, feel soft. We want to play the, the good version of Christianity. We want to always receive, you will have the best life now, preaching. We always want to listen to year of harvest, year of abundance, year of this, year of that. Year of Lord's favor, it's time to multiply, it's time to increase, it's time to accelerate. You can name it, you can claim it, you can bypass it, you can drive it. All sorts of sermons. You need to talk like you're blessed. You need to dress like you're blessed. You need to walk like you're blessed. You need to eat like you're blessed. You need to, you need to, you need to sermons. But hey, what about if God is telling us that the greatest blessing comes from the greatest breaking? What if God is calling us to pray, break me Lord, instead of bless me Lord? God will not say that, Pastor Chumar, don't say that. He will not say that. Let me say that again. What if God is asking you to pray, break me Lord, instead of bless me Lord? What if he's constantly asking us to pray for the broken? What if God's greatest blessings actually comes from God's greatest breakings? No, no, I love comfort too much. Anybody who's been in comfort cannot feel the move of God. 
you're too comfortable to feel God's move. You're too luxurious to be shaken about the suffering that is around us. We are focused on praying for pain-free days when God is saying, can you actually feel my pain so that you know what's happening around you? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's why God is asking us to wait for some time about certain things. Maybe that's why God takes us through a process of, of healing so that the way you pray changes for those who are believing for healing. Maybe God is putting ourselves through the furnace, through the breakthrough, so that you know what is it like for people who are still waiting for their breakthrough. Pain purifies you. Suffering strengthens you. Trials teaches you to depend on God. Where you are weak, His strength is glorified. Where you are strengthened, you will only see your hand at work, not God's hand at work. I was sharing a testimony, uh, uh, I think it was yesterday with my staff in the staff meeting. And I said like, you know, when we started King City Leadership College, we started with zero budget. And that is something that God has always helped us to do. And when I say zero, it is not an expression that it's low money. I am saying literally 0, 0.00. And the budget was 7.5 lakhs in order to do what we are supposed to do for the leadership college. We are spending almost 1.5 lakhs on each student a year. Believe it or not. There was a miracle offering that came through which was close to 2 lakhs. We praised God. With a little bit of fees and all these things, there was another 1.5 that came through. And the last year in March, I prayed saying, we are deficit of 3.5 lakhs, Lord. Meet the needs, Lord. Did we get a, a, a check? No, we didn't. Did we have a credit for 3.5 lakhs into the Leadership College's account? We didn't. I prayed that prayer in March 2022. We are almost in March 2023, in a few weeks' time. We still have in God 3.5 lakhs yet from God. But every month we are paying out the salaries. We are paying out what we need to pay out. Every single staff is paid. Every single material is covered. Every single need is taken care. We still don't have the cash, but we don't know how we are paying. Nobody knows. If I tell the accountant, calculate this math, the only thing that can type into the Excel sheet is miracles and miracles, million little miracles, one, two, three, four, I just don't know how it's happening. Literally, we don't know. We don't know. But it's happening. God is providing. I still don't know how. The figures, it's just not there. But the needs are met. The needs are met. Because God is on the throne. The burden is not to see a financial miracle. 
the reason I see the provision of God is that God is raising leaders from this church who will go and raise more leaders, who will go and plant churches, who will go and be the salt and light from this little church to the rest of the world. To the rest of the world. We are not praying to just plant from Trichy to Madurai and Madurai to Chennai and Chennai to Velacheri. We're not just going to go around like that. We are praying that God send us from here to Jakarta. Send us into Indonesia. Send us into the continent of Asia. Asia is the continent that is the most unreached continent in the entire world. The gospel has spread across in average in all the other continents. That is more than 45% of reach. Asia has only 8% reach. Why is the Lord waiting to come back? The Lord is waiting for you and I. The Lord is waiting on our continent. The most secluded continent. The most Africa is not the darkest continent anymore. You and I, we are living in the darkest continent. Africa has the highest gospel reach in the entire world. 60% of the entire continent of Africa has heard the gospel. We praise God for Africa. But we need more people from your country to reach this continent. We call it the gospel reflex. It's a gospel reflex. That it has gone, it's time to bounce back. We have seen many missionaries come from various parts of the world, but it's time to raise above and preach, teach. Time to say, Lord, my country, my nation, maybe God is rooting you here, kept you here for a reason, for a purpose, and you will see that happen in your life as you keep praying, Lord, let's go. Let's do it. I'm going to raise above my daily problems. I'm going to go and be connected with your biggest purpose because God, the greatest blessing is always better when I'm connected to the greatest promise, which is go and preach the gospel. It is not the receiving, it is the sending. It is not just the conception, but it's the deliverance. We are ascending church. We are ascending church. We have opportunities for you to prepare, for you to be trained, for you to be risen up. We are intentional about that. This mic does not need to be just held by me. God has many people. It's not just about the mic. Anywhere in church. God has anointed and gifted people to serve him. And the reason we serve day in and day out, and the reason why God is blessing you day in and day out, the reason why God is giving you grace day in and day out, the reason why you see God's favor over your life, even though it might not seem like a favor right now, but, but it is God's favor in a way. And the reason you see that is because God wants you to be connected to his big dream. And his big dream is to save the world and I know King City Church will do it because God is at the center of our lives that's why we spend not to market this is not a marketing strategy here. Jesus is not a brand he's a name above every other name 
And when people experience the power and the work of the Holy Spirit and what God can do when we trust His name, you will become the channel of that power. You will become the channel of that power. You look at Moses. He was a young Hebrew boy watching Egypt and the, his people being beaten into slavery. He realizes who he is. He runs into the wilderness. He was heartbroken by the mistreatment. He was angry as well. He was oppressed by what was happening through slavery. And years later, God uses that same Moses to come before Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Let my people go. That's, that's God's hand. Moses' heart changed from save me, Lord, to save my people, Lord. Now that's a process. David was a little boy. His nation was at war. And his dad told him, hey, take some snacks for your brothers. They're in the army. And when David reached there, he saw, and he saw the entire battle standing still because Goliath was looking at them and challenging them and trash-talking Yahweh God. This guy was supposed to be the Zomato for his brothers. His job was to just go deliver, not fight. He was the Tiffinwala. He was the lunch boy. His job is to just go give food and stand there and watch. But the anointing in him was greater than just something that he was doing. And something got activated in his heart when he heard Goliath trash talking the Yahweh God. And he said, who are you to come against my God? Who are you? David's life shifted. Nehemiah had a comfortable job in the palace. He was working for the king. Getting paid really well. Very comfortable. Promotion after promotion. But when he saw the walls of Jerusalem being broken, he said, King, I want paid leave. And I also want you to pay for the project that I'm going for. I want it all covered. Because my heart is broken. I am crying. I am praying. The risk of our people, the life of our people is at risk. And he asked the king. And the king funds his program. Have you ever prayed a prayer saying, God, Give me a job, elevate me in the job that I would walk into my boss's office and tell him one day, we are building four churches, sponsor that. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. Have you ever prayed, God, elevate me in my business so that I will grow to the top in such a way that nobody should ever beg for money for missions. I will support even before people ask. Have you prayed that prayer? 
There was once a plumber in Australia. And God broke his heart for missions. And he said, God, I need, I'm, I'm gifted in generosity. But being a plumber, I can't do much. I'm, I'm, I'm writing check for $1,000 a year, God. But, but I, the need is bigger than $1,000, Lord. So he, he, him and his wife sat down and, and, they, and they wrote down a plan. And they said, we're going we're gonna to pray over this. So he, he worked it out. I'm a plumber. Who am I working for? Contractor. But who is making the most money here? Is it the plumber or the contractor? The contractor. But hey, wait a minute. If I become the contractor, I am also working for somebody else. Who is that? The builder. Who is making more money here? Contractor or the builder? The builder. So the him and his wife and sat down and prayed, Lord, I want to become a builder. We want to launch a building company. And we want to employ contractors and plumbers and we want to become builders so that we would be able to do what we can for the sake of your mission. Two years. From plumber to contractor to builder. Two years before they were writing $1,000 check to the church. Two years later, they were writing $50,000 to church. Five years later, they are writing $1 million to church. Recently, they wrote $10 million to church. One family. I know you won't like this sermon because you did not get that $10 million. But often our mindset is that I want 10 million, Lord. And God is like, why should I give you 10 million? What's the purpose, dear? Christians, we have to be wired differently. You got to see yourself as a channel, not a pond. You are not a reservoir. You are a river that flows. You are not somebody who is called to keep, but you are somebody who are called to flow and give. So Lord, bless me so that I can be a blessing. Lord, break me. Ah, I'm just comfortable as a plumber pastor. I'm just comfortable as a contractor. I'm just comfortable as an IT guy. I'm just comfortable in this. I'm just comfortable in that. No, we are not going after positions. We are going after gospel. Take me higher as much as you can, Lord, so that I'll be faithful. I will remain faithful in the little. I will remain faithful in the much as well. And the much as well. Nehemiah was in a comfortable job. He could, have been, he could have just stayed there, but he did not stay there. He said, King, I have a mission and you're going to fund it. That takes audacious faith. That takes a heart that is anchored in Christ Jesus. What does an anchored heart do? Two things. An anchored heart will pray. And the prayer is that, Break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours. I dare you to pray that prayer. And I, and I assure you, if there are any prayers that God has never answered in your life, this prayer he will definitely answer. I assure you that. 
I know it's scary. I know it's not safe. I know it sounds risky. But God will shake you out of your continual pursuit of happiness and comfort. God will stir with you a divine burden that you simply can't ignore. God will wake you up at 3 a.m. You're somebody who would just sleep through the night, but now God might wake you up to pray. When you pray, even for things that people don't know of what is going on, God is sending healing through your life. Break my heart for what breaks your Lord. Let me tell you something, church. It's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. Let me say that again. It's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without a purpose in life. Your hurt has a purpose. Your pain has a purpose. Your trial has a purpose. Your waiting period has a purpose. Your money has a purpose. Your bank accounts has a purpose. Your children has a purpose. Your job has a purpose. Your life has a purpose. Your troubles has a purpose. Your husband left you. There is a purpose in that. In everything, there is a purpose. But I am hurting. Your hurt is connected to your purpose. Your pain is connected to your purpose. It is better to hurt with a purpose than to live without one. This is a sermon that I know it's challenging. It is not a massage day today. I know it's a hard meat to chew. But I know this is what God is stirring up in our hearts to listen to because it's time to stand up it's time to rise up it's time to do what God is calling us to do it's time to raise above the mundane things and start living in the power of God you are praying for healing you become the channel of healing to somebody else you're praying for provision you become the channel of provision to somebody else you're praying for breakthrough for a business. You invest into somebody. When you are waiting for your breakthrough as a business, you invest, you will see the hand of God. That's not what MBA says. I know that's not what MBA says. If you want to play by the book, if you want to play safe, stop praying, I want to see a breakthrough. Stop singing, I want to see a victory. Stay safe. God bless you. But if you want to see God move, go where he's going. It's not safe. But it's much more secure than where you are right now. Peter was safe in the storm than he was in the boat because Jesus was in the storm. Deal with that. Your MBA will not teach you that. Your MBA will tell you, big, you know, it's something wrong with the boat. Build a bigger boat. We don't go by the laws of the world, but God, oh man, God, the way he does stuff, no man can fathom. Paul, he, he was broken for the Jews and the Pharisees and the false believers. Paul says, with Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness to you. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirms it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people.
these are men of god whose heart was constantly broken for their people my jewish brothers and sisters i would be willing to be forever cursed and cut off from christ if that would save you did you know paul said that i'd rather take curse and even be cut off from jesus if that's what it takes for you to be saved <gasps> that's there in the bible pastor yes it's there in the bible that's what paul said i'd rather be cut off from jesus or even be cursed in my own life but i don't want you to be broken can christians pray lord take away poverty and put it on me so that the people will live in prosperity anyone jesus said in luke 1941 he said when he drew near the and saw the city he wept over it because he knew what was coming over jerusalem jesus was hurt he carried the pain of the cross but he understood the purpose of his pain he understood the heavy heart of his father if you're just hurting for yourself you'll be hurting alone but if you're hurting with the purpose of god you're not hurting alone you have a whole host of god's army standing with you because you are connected to the purpose of god don't just live with head knowledge don't just live as a religious lifestyle don't just grieve over your everyday mundane things i know they are important to you but what is the bigger picture why is god allowing those things burn with anger for injustice don't ignore what the holy spirit is doing in and through your life can you pray can you pray i saw a post on instagram the 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 toughest job this is what it said the toughest job for a pastor is to mobilize his church to pray according to statistics it's not preaching it's not teaching the toughest job for a pastor is to mobilize his church to pray fact why is that a fact we saw in we saw in us in ashbury on monday morning what started as a monday morning prayer chapel service supposed to go for 1 hour it's almost 8 days now they are still praying not famous worship leaders a group of faithful young students that the university had to cancel all the classes what a way to cancel classes what a way to cancel classes i don't want to go to class today and you pray this pathetic prayer lord send rain no do something no bring back covid no we want to go back to online exams 
But here is a university, not just a college, a university who had to cancel their entire college because a group of students started seeing revival and every famous names, worship leaders from all across America are coming to that chapel to see the move of God. And nobody is given mic. You come, you sit, you experience the power of God. Simple. It's a group of small, young, vibrant, connected to God, desperate to see the heart of God, broken in their lives to see that God break me for what breaks yours. It is those people that is leading and experiencing that revival. Can it happen in my nation? Can we stand together? Church, prayer is the link that connects your boat to the anchor. If you want to see your heart anchored, and if you're not praying, if you're not praying, if you're not praying, you're the boat that thinks that you're anchored, but there is no chain in between. There is no link in between. That chain, that link is that communication that you have with God. If you want your heart to be anchored, you will want to get to know Jesus more. You will study the word. Let me say that again. You will study the word. You will not read the word. You will study the word. I pray that every single person in this room will receive a desperate heart this morning to study the word of God. To study the word of God. You read the newspaper, but don't read the Bible. You study the Bible. Studying, taking, it takes time. It takes one step at a time. It takes meditation. It takes reflection. It allows the Holy Spirit to work through you. If you want to see the evidence of God at work in your life, read His book. Read His book. Read His book. Are you connected to the anchor? Is your heart anchored? Or are you just a boat that's just looking at the anchor, but there is no link? I keep telling our staff, guys, we're not going to beg for people to pray. People should be stirred up in their spirit to pray. We should not be invited to pray. We should be acting to pray. Because that has to be the first step of action as believer. It has to be a reflex, a natural spiritual reflex. Prayer is a natural spiritual reflex. But if that is not a priority, if we are consumed by what we are consumed by, that reflex will not be there. And there is a group of five young students from this church who are faithfully praying every Saturday for the past five months. Whoever is coming or not coming, they are coming, they are praying, and they are going to see a revival. You want to join, you join. You want to be at home, you be at home. But your step of action is not that pastor is polemifying power. You don't have to come for me. You don't have to come for this church. You don't have to come because we announced to pray. You do it because that's your spiritual reflex. And your heart is burdened for this city wherever you're right now. Your heart is burdened for the street. Your heart is burdened for your community. Your heart should be burdened. That burden should move you. It is better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. Thank you for listening to our sermon today. We hope it was a blessing for you as well as your family. 
If you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingscitychurch.com forward slash give. And we will meet you next week with another inspiring sermon. God bless you.